Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamily Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back for another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. Welcome back to 2021. I am excited to continue to bring amazing content and amazing people. So why not start it off with Andrew. Andrew Hahn is a licensed clinical psychologist and founder of Life Center Therapy, an energy, psycho, spiritual, mind-body framework for healing our deepest trauma. Andrew teaches workshops nationally on the Enneagram and the Essence process, which he developed. He received his BA from Harvard University and his doctorate in clinical psychology from Hahnemann University. Welcome, Dr. Han. I'm so super excited to have you here. You know, trauma is work that I do. Uh, trauma is something that I talk about often in the podcast. I talk to other uh, people who come and share their stories and how they've healed trauma, but there's so many different ways, right? Because there's not one puzzle piece for a person to heal their trauma. Everyone is so different. So I'm Really excited to hear what is the work that you're doing to heal people with trauma. And then we'll also talk about the Enneagram, but let's talk about trauma first. (laughs) Okay. Well, I love your enthusiasm, Jamili. So um, let me just tell you briefly, and you stop me wherever you like. I'm going to tell you, I think this is the simplest way to talk about it. Why people come to therapy, what therapy does and how it does it. When this is, I think, for everything. So I'd say most of us trauma therapists, we start with a certain basic premise, which is that everybody comes to therapy for the same reason, even though the variations are myriad, right? And the reason is there's something that couldn't be handled and integrated. So that's what I would say trauma is. And that's a different definition than the APA, because the APA talks about anything that's so horrendous that can't be integrated. But I'd say it's anything that you can't that can't be handled with integrated is why people come to therapy. Okay. So if that's why people come, what is therapy? It's mastering what couldn't be handled and integrated. That's all therapy is. Everything else I would say is um to some degree or other window dressing in the service of mastery. That's what I think it is. How do you master? what couldn't be handled. I think it's very easy to describe. When there's something that can't be handled and integrated, in that moment, a sensation is born, a discomfort. So, and that discomfort has a life of its own. And it shows up, a a dense energy is created when you have a trauma. And it shows up as anything. It could be pain, queasiness, numbness, emptiness, lightheadedness, or if someone says, I'm feeling nothing, you can say, where in your body are you feeling? I'm feeling nothing. And they'll say, oh, it's in my head or something. So anything is the sensation. <clears throat> so if if you came in and you said you were having, let's say you're in my office, right? And uh, a, car, a motorcycle backfires and you have a panic attack, right? Well, you're probably not having the panic attack because the motorcycle backfired. But if I said to you, okay, when you're having this panic attack, what's happening in the body? And I just have you scan your body and you say, okay, my heart's racing fast. Then I would say something. I'd say, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Is it Jamili? Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, good. We didn't check it out. I was saying, oh my goodness, I don't want to say it wrong because there were options. I wouldn't say that Jamili's having a panic attack. I would say heart beating fast is having a panic attack. 
It's not Jamili. Jamili is sitting in my office. So she's not having a panic attack, but heart beating fast is having a panic attack. So what you do is remove the body's response to trauma from the person. Exactly. Ah. And I would say that the problem is that we, when there's a trauma, we identify with the body response and we think we are it and not the one who is holding or witnessing or remembering the body response. Now, as soon as you choose to bring your attention there, you no longer identify with it, no matter what happens, because you are now choosing to bring all your awareness and focus and become heart beating fast, right? But you're also the one who is choosing to do that. So you are remembering as opposed to something that's dismembered, you're remembering or you're witnessing or you're holding heart beating fast. So you move from identifying with heart beating fast to identifying with the one who's choosing to be with heart beating fast. Okay. Interesting. Now we're going to talk to heart beating fast and we're going to say heart beating fast. Tell us what have you come to share with us? Where is this beginning? What's happening? And let's suppose you say, oh, my God, because one of three things is going to happen then. You're going to live it out by choice, even though you're identified with it then, but you're also witnessing it. Mm -hmm. So or you're going to see images or you're going to do it auditorially, which at which point you'd say, like, oh, I know what's going on. I have a sense of what's happening. So let's suppose you say, "Okay." I know what's going on now. I'm like, I'm back in a war 10 years ago and a bomb's going off near me and I can't handle it. And then if you're kinesthetic, you'll now be on the floor, but by choice, because you chose to become heart beating fast. Okay. And you'll say, oh my God, I'm here right now while you're witnessing it. So, so you're, you're reenacting re- some of like what you would say your trigger responses are. You're reenacting it, but by choice this time, because you chose to become the body sensation. And as soon as you choose it, you don't identify with it, no matter how horrific the situation is. I've done this for 27 years with the most horrendous trauma you would ever know. And I can tell you, essentially, you can't re-traumatize yourself because you're putting together somatic therapy and mindfulness in a way that honors who really is traumatized, which is someone in the here and now. You're not regressing someone because heart beating fast is here right now. So I'm not bringing you back to what happened 10 years ago or when you're two years old. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping you in the present moment and inviting you to choose to become the two-year-old. So you can't get re-traumatized because you aren't being regressed to being the two-year-old because Jamili doesn't matter in the here and now. Jamili is just choosing to be who she really is, which is the hosting witness or the holding witness, while Jamili chooses to experience whatever happened. And as soon as that... I really like what you just said, the hosting witness and not putting yourself and almost in an essence, victimizing yourself as, as a person who is a trauma survivor, that you're separating both in order to help facilitate the healing process. I think right. that's so important because then when when it's not both integrated together, mm-hmm. it makes it a, li- a, a bit easier to separate and identify with who, let's just say, Jamili is as the person, as opposed to Jamili's trigger responses, which is either, you know, the, the heart beating because of the, the car, et cetera, or a loud noise or sense of smell, et cetera. Whatever it is, you no longer identify with it. And I would say the 
choosing to identify with the hosting, holding witness who's remembering and choosing to become by choice the one who's traumatized means that it will just disappear. And one of two, th- and what will happen is you'll tell that story. And at the end of it, because you're identified with the witness, the holding, hosting witness, that sensation of heart beating fast will just go away. Wow. And then you won't be traumatized anymore. And that's basically what I always say is fundamental. And because we're regressing no one, you can do this with the most horrific things in a first session and no one gets re-traumatized, even if they're telling you a story of horrendous ritual abuse that happened when they were two years old, because you're not regressing them to be two years old. You're just inviting them to become and become aware of, allow, accept, and bring their attention to the two-year-old who's here right now in 2021. So it's a totally different experience than doing hypnotic work Mm -hmm. where you regress someone, which I would say, I know hypnosis well, but I would say this is a far more simple and powerful way to find your story to choose to become the body sensation, okay? And that, in a nutshell, is all you have to do to heal trauma, except for three things. What first thing is, I'm, I figured you'd ask. <laughs> first thing is, you have to know what the real problem is, okay? Because you could be getting a symptom of a problem, and I'll tell you what I mean. Let's suppose I'm going to give you the same scenario, right? You're in my office, a motorcycle backfires, and you have a panic attack. But this time, there's a different problem. It's not the loud noise, the loud noise is a symptom. The real problem is betrayal. So let's suppose I have a diagnostic system that I can find that it's betrayal. And you have to find out where it originated because everything after the point of origin is just reliving an echo of it. So if I work on cars that backfire, I won't get very far with this person, right? Because it's it's just a reliving of an echo so that you're being invited to remember something else. So working on the here and now won't do you much good. Mm-hmm. So in the first case, I had to know that something happened 10 years ago, which I can find out. So I have to find out where it originated. Well, let's suppose, if you believe in other lifetimes, I find out that it originated in another lifetime. And it wasn't in your family tree, because there's two kinds of other lifetimes. One is blood. So soul comes through blood. So it's something could have happened six generations ago on your mother's side. But there's also karmic past lifetimes because soul also comes down through energy. So let's suppose we find out that it's a karmic past life that you're stuck in. And if you don't believe in past lives, I'll never mention the words. I'll just say it's like, think of it like play therapy or it's a dream or it's like a myth. But it says that the most powerful story to transform your trauma isn't something that happened to you 10 years ago or when you were two. It happened in another lifetime. And it's about betrayal. It's not about loud sounds. So that loud sounds is just a symptom of a deeper thing called betrayal that's holding the loud sounds and other things also. Okay. And then we're going to find out what this person needs. You have to find out what the real intention is, not the symptomatic manifestation, where it originated, and does that being need anything other than just to have the witness, the hosting witness, hold them and align with them while they're sharing their story. All right, now let's give you the other story. Karmic past life, whatever you want to say about it. So you drop in now to not your reaction to loud sounds, but to betrayal, okay? And suddenly you have horrendous pain in your foot 
let's suppose, all right? And I say to you, okay, we're no longer going to be worrying about, you're not telling me about pounding fast heart. Now you're telling me when I have you focus on, I betrayed a trust, which we know is something to do with this sound. I betrayed a trust and you have a terrible pain in your foot. So I say, okay, here's what you're going to do. The one who betrayed this trust, which has something to do with loud sounds, we know, but that's not the real problem. That's a symptom. That person, their name is horrendous pain in foot until they tell us our name is, her name is Joseph or Jamili or Andy or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So your name is tremendous pain in foot. So you're going to become someone whose name is tremendous pain in foot. And you bring all your attention there and you say, oh my God, something like this. I'm the leader of a group of men in World War One, let's say, and I'm not paying enough attention. And I walk them into an ambush and I stand there as all of these people are, bombs are going off and all of these people are, you know, dying and a piece of shrapnel is hitting me in the foot. And I'm believing I should shoot myself in the foot because I'm like such a terrible leader. Now, we take care of that. We now know what the real problem was, betrayal. We know where it originated, which was in some karmic past life, and that's all you needed to know to get there. And now we know that he has to find a way to make amends to these men, okay? And uh, so I'll give you story after story, but let's say we find a way that that can happen. Okay, now, suppose you're coming in. Now I'll give you another situation. You have this chronic foot pain that you think is because somebody terribly stamped on your foot, right? I'm making this all up. You think that's the reason, but that's not the reason. The reason is, and they can't find, they said, yeah, someone terribly trampled your foot, but it shouldn't, you shouldn't be having pain eight years later, but you are. Why? Because your pain in your foot isn't physical. It's an energetic template that is helping you remember what happened in 1917. You're just not aware of it. You're being invited to remember it. And let's suppose you come in and you have OCD as well as reactions to loud sounds. Well, let's suppose the only reason you have OCD is you weren't paying enough attention and you brought those men into a situation because you weren't paying enough attention. And then you have this crazy belief, quote unquote, that you've been working on forever about, I have a crazy belief that if I don't pay enough attention, people will die. And they say, you're crazy. But of course, you're not crazy because you weren't paying enough attention and people did die. So, and let's suppose every time, right, you are invited into a leadership role, you shoot yourself in the foot, literally or figuratively, and you always stop yourself from doing it. And you say, why would I do that? And let's suppose you have a lot of trouble taking initiative. And let's suppose when you walk in certain places, you get this weird feeling. Now, let's suppose the only reason for those things is what happened in 1917. So some place is enough of a mirror of the original place, like it happened in the woods. You walk into the woods and you like suddenly go like this. Mm -hmm. What could happen in 20 minutes, theoretically, if it was the only reason, is your chronic foot pain would just go away, right? Your fear of loud sounds would go away. Your OCD would go away. Your problems with leadership would go away. Your problems with initiative would go away. They'd all go away in 20 minutes. These five things that look like they have nothing to do with each other are all enfolded into that story of betrayal. That's so interesting. So if you can, what? That is so interesting. 
Yeah, and we see that happening all the time. Like, I could tell you story after story of people who have worked forever on things, but it never occurred to them that their problem was like that. And we see chronic pain that no one understands. It'll go away in 20 minutes. I've seen major depressions for the same reason that people think are by a lot. I'm not saying it happens all the time. We had a woman, I mean, I tell, I mean, I tell all the same stories because they're like dreams to me. I remember the sort of ones that stand out. We had a woman who came in to get her blood drawn and it took a year for her to be able to get her blood drawn. But in the course of that, because there were so many layers to it. So sometimes, you know, six different things might have only one story, but sometimes one thing might have 20 different layers that are all playing out in that one symptom. So in her case, she, she had to, she's a fascinating story, but you know, she wanted to go and um, she was a very high powered businesswoman. And she went back to graduate school to become a chaplain, interestingly enough. OK. And but she had a story where she, she for some reason they had to get a blood draw. They had to do a medical exam in order to get out of their program. She said, I'm never going to finish this program because I would rather be dead than ever having to get my blood drawn. Well, the way you would usually do that is you would usually if you know this world, would you probably do, you would probably do something like EFT or EMDR, you know, these, yes, right. Yeah. Or, or frontal occipital holding. But in her case, we found out, right. Well, what's a blood draw. Think about it for a second. Something is being stuck into you, right. In this case, by a man who is in this case, her doctor is older than she is in a man. And Something is being stuck into you and blood's coming out. Mm. And when she starts to get into that, she finds the most horrendous story of blocked sexual abuse when she was a little girl. Um, that was a really horrendous story. But even that didn't solve her problem. It got rid of some of the problem. Then she found out in another lifetime, she had had power over people and she used her power to get sexual favors from them. So that even the story of the sexual abuse in this lifetime that was on one level a crystallizing element was on another level on a line of something else where she betrayed when she was in a position of being a holy being. Mm -hmm. And that's why she comes in and she says, I was a I was in the material world, but I want to be a holy being now. But something is stopping me from doing it. Right. Because she betrayed the trust. So she didn't want to put herself back. In the, all of this, of course, is unconscious until you drop into the sensations around anything we find out. And so what we've done is, in this case, it was also a story of betrayal. But I use, you know, muscle testing, yes. you know, kinesiology. Yes. I use yes. muscle testing as a way of accessing the person's soul. So if they come in and they say, I want to get a blood draw and I can't do it, that's what I want to work on. I'll find out, is that your true highest intention? Or is that part of something else? And I can do a diagnostic very quickly using muscle testing because it may say that you, you're you coming in with a symptom of the blood drop, but you don't really know what your true highest intention is. And we've tried to map out sort of universal stories that happen over and over and over again. And the universal stories are anything you can imagine, anything that's there. So you have to open to everything. And you have to open to things that are seemingly preposterous. Like, I mean, my, my favorite story about that one is... Um, my spiritual partner in this, whose name is Joni, her husband had tinnitus and she did a session with him. And it turned out that her, the tinnitus in our system was a non-material story that 
is called, and you can think about this literally, but also symbolically and spiritually and a lot of other ways. Uh, it was a story of an extraterrestrial implant. Mm. And he didn't, he was sort of open to extraterrestrial implants, but there are ways to talk about these things. Like something's put inside of you and it has an effect on you. You can induct people into it in, in a way that would speak to what was the, a truth for them. So he drops into it and he finds this story where he says, oh, my God, he didn't want to hear something. He drops him back. He had no recollection of this. He didn't want to hear something. Right. And he sort of said to the universe, I don't want to hear something. And then he sees this very strange being literally because this was literal for him putting something in his ear and his ear starts to buzz. And then he's not going to be able to hear what it is, the bad news he doesn't want to hear. Right. So. He then says to this being, um, it's no longer an issue. Could you please find a way to get rid of this thing? And he sees this being melted, and his tinnitus goes away. Now, you are not going to care, even if that story is preposterous. If you've been with tinnitus for a long time, and you've been to doctors, and no one knows what to do about it, and it goes away in 20 minutes because a little green person takes a, melts a rod that's in your ear, which he could feel when we had did the induction. He could feel a dense energy in his ear. So he had him become it. He sees this thing happening. He says, oh, my God, because he remembered the moment, and he had, but he had no sense that that was where the tinnitus crystallized. But we found that out, mm. right? And he had, there was no, he would have, he would have, he didn't even sort of remember the situation, right? But then he found the situation because we can find out exactly where it crystallized. We can find out what age, we can find everything quickly. And he finds this story and he has this alien take the thing out of his ear and melt it in his case. And then his tinnitus goes away. So I don't care. How, I know some people might be like, well, what? That sounds a little. <laughs> you know, it sounds a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but are you going to care if you've had tinnitus for eight years, it's driving you crazy and it goes away? Right. I say to people, who cares? If it's useful, are you going to care if it's real or not? Right. Who cares? All we're saying is in a scientific sense, we're going to find the most elegant story, the most simple, powerful story. Mm -hmm. And it might be something that you knew. It might be something that happened to you, but you don't remember. It might be something that a moment happened and you would never have associated that moment with the problem. But we can find all that stuff out literally in two minutes. That's amazing. So what else does your practice um, do? Our practice trains people how to do this. Okay. Um, so we're an institute. We, we train people sort of like at this point, sort of all over the world. I mean, we've, we're trying to get bigger now. We've, um, we're sort of like saying enough of doing it sort of like word of mouth, but we train people, we've trained people, sort of up and down the coast, which is not unusual, but we also summon, we've also trained people in Arizona and we've done trainings in England and in Ireland and in Norway. And one of our trainers who was in England was from Taiwan and she went back to Taiwan and she translated all our, our books into Mandarin, Wow, which was a wow story. And now we have a group of over a hundred people who are in Taiwan who do this work. That's um, amazing. But it's, it's like, it's, it's gone under the radar except, for the fact that if you start with everything, right, how are you going to find that story if you don't have a diagnostic? Right. I don't know. And the best diagnostic I know is to find the part of you that just knows the truth and have the body be a, a means of communication for it. And then, you know, when you're aligned with the truth, you get stronger. You know, stronger enough that, you know, when you're aligned with the truth, if you have a toddler and you're your size is a 2,000 
you know, when your toddler your car rolls over a 2000 pound car rolls over your toddler and you have to pick the car up, you'll pick the car up enough, you know, to get the toddler out. Yeah. And if you say, how can you do it? You won't say, well, it was my willpower. You won't say it was adrenaline. You just say, I knew I could do it. I had to, I had to do it. So I knew I could. Right. And right. I think that no knowing is there to us always. All we have to do is ask it and the body becomes stronger when you're in the truth and it becomes weaker when you're not. And then you can ask anything you want in the service of healing and we can do our diagnostics. I really really love a quote that you had on your website, which says our suffering is an invitation to remembering so we can heal and grow. Yes. To remember. Yeah. Because what happens is remembering isn't about time. Mm -hmm. It's about bringing together that which has been pulled apart, which is what happens in our fields, right? When there's a trauma, it literally breaks our fields apart. Like if we're a hologram, it breaks us apart. That's why it's a living being. Things keep going with the parts that get broken apart. But it's like they're no longer a part of us. It'd be like saying we're not all here, right? Right. And, you know, what's beauty? You know, beauty is my beauty. is What's beauty? Beauty is truth. I mean, if you think about Keats, right? Truth is beauty, beauty, truth. The tr- And King, the truth shall set you free, right? It's like, you know, all you have to do is know the truth and it will set you free. And what that means is you won't suffer anymore. You may feel pain, but you won't suffer yeah. because you've remembered yourself, whether yourself is you in this lifetime or you as a representative of women who are doing podcasts or whatever it is, because we can find all that out too, which which layer do we want to work on? And you'll find out and you'll find the truth for yourself and it will set you free. And then when you're free, one of two things happens. Your problems go away or it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. And if it doesn't matter, if you if you know you're going to die and you feel sad about it, but you're no longer anxious or you're no longer saying, why hast thou forsaken me? Right. Or, you know, you don't need to know why is this happening to me and nobody else? You know, it's like you're free. Right. Right. So, I, so that's what we do. I really loved our conversation with regards to trauma. And I know you do so much other work that's really interesting. And I think it's great that you... Um, created the space for to talk about the essence process and the Enneagram. So let's get into that. What is the Enneagram? Can you believe I just totally stopped the conversation midway? <laughs> you got to tune in until next time so that you can hear about the Enneagram. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.